Welcome to the Serie A Show. Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of the City A Show. It was certainly another exciting weekend in the City A, so uh, let's just jump right into it. Chloe, Fiorentina 0, Juve 0. You feel what about this? Um, I'm not one for saying I told you so or anything like that, but you know, a lot, a lot of, an awful lot of people have said to me about Montella needs to go, and you know, uh, we mentioned that in the preview show, and he proves that he 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 is on the right track. Um, he said uh, after the game in some of his comments that actually Friday was the first time he'd worked with the full squad all together. Um, and, you know, you really, if you've had to play Napoli and Juve in the opening two games, you can't really, you can't really blame him that he's only got one point um, so far. So, you know, the, I have to mention the choreography and the atmosphere from the fans just shows what happens in Florence when you get owners that will actually back the club and do the right thing. Um, and I thought it was, um, they played so well. It was a great game of football to watch. Um, obviously, uh, the result was was something to do with the fact that Juve were not there at all, really. They were not themselves whatsoever. Um, but yeah, uh, loved it, was really pleased with the point and I uh, hope Montella can continue to improve. No, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I don't think uh, it's, it's quite, 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 it's quite evident that um, Juve, the, the, like Juve need time to get into, uh, into, um, into, into Sarri and Sarri needs to understand them. Um and um, and it's and I think uh, this was this. I mean, Fiorentina have played really well prior to this game and been a little bit unlucky, especially in the game against Napoli. But uh, this game was against Juve. They were fantastic. I thought um, I really liked the three the three the three five two. They played with Ribery and Chiesa up top. They were so mobile. They were so dynamic. Um, no, I, I, I really like this Fiorentina team. And I thought Dalbert, I mean, who knew? I mean, as an Interista, I've been watching this guy for the past two years, wondering, you know, if how, how was he elected the best left back in Ligue 1 the, during uh, Mendy's breakout season ahead of Mendy? But he was fantastic against Juventus. No, I was, I was really, really impressed by Fiorentina. Um, and... Um, I, I think this is the turnaround. I think Fiorentina will now go on a winning streak, and I think they, they're they one to watch out for. Uh, Chloe, what did you think of Ribery, though? Because I thought he was sensational. Um, he looked absolutely nothing like a guy in the twilight of his career. No, not at all. I mean, uh, I think um, reading some of his comments, I think that this has almost given him a new lease of life. Obviously, he'd been at Bayern a long time, and um, I don't watch German football regularly enough, enough to know what he was playing like there, but he seems um, so enthusiastic, so ready to get involved, to give everything. He's not quite up to full fitness yet, which is why he couldn't play the full match. But, you know, his quality is evident and he uh, you see him talking to the young players, encouraging them and, and Fiorentina are really making the most of his um real depth of experience, a player like that that we've really not had. Um and he he he's just he's just great. I mean the the tackle he made on Ronaldo. That was incredible. <laughs> it was the most perfectly timed tackle and it was, you know for it to be ribbery was just it was just very poetic to me somehow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's been great. I thought he was great. Now, do you think this is the way forward for them in that three at the back, the three five two? Again, they were putting Boateng at the false nine. They didn't really have an out and out uh, prima punta. So, do you think this is a way they go forward with Chiesa, Ribery pairing and attack? Because I like that a lot better than the false nine that they were using in the past. Yeah, I like it a lot better. And Montello has played um, before with three at the back um, in his first spell at Fiorentina. So I think he can make that work. I think it suits the players that we've got. It was certainly a massive improvement from the first two games. 
Um, I think we'll see um, if he plays the 3-5-2, we'll see uh, this Brazilian striker Pedro up there because I think the only thing that was slightly lacking with Fiorentina was the finishing. Um, so I think if he's got um, if he's got uh, you know a, an actual striker to 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 put into the mix there, then it, you know I think it'll really work out, and I think he's definitely on the right lines. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, uh, as I said, I think Fiorentina are going to go off on a winning streak here, and I think they showed. I mean, the performance was fantastic. I don't, I still don't understand how 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 they didn't lose, or how Juventus didn't lose, um, and Fiorentina didn't win. But having said that, you know, before we criticize Juventus too much, again, they didn't lose. I mean, it's 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 so interesting to see how things are not working with them. They have injury problems. They have things that aren't, you know, the 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 Sari system is not really there, and it's one of those systems that it has to click one hundred percent, otherwise it fails. Um, the, the 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 players aren't used to his his way of uh, the the high press, um, but at the same time they didn't lose. Um, and it, 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 I mean, you see small signs of improvement. Obviously, this was a step backwards against a fantastic team. Uh, but above all, in that at that stadium where that was so packed, and the atmosphere and the sunshine, it was it was a glorious day. Um, so for the Serie A, it was it was one of those days that you you, you know if you if you don't watch Serie A football that often, and for even if it's a nil nil game, it, it doesn't really matter because it was it was it was a gorgeous game. It was a really lovely game to, uh, for, to, to as an advertisement for the Serie A. Yep, I thought so too. Um, so do we want to talk about just very briefly uh, Juve's upcoming Champions League match against Atletico Madrid? Um, how confident are we for them going into that? Obviously, they weren't at their, weren't at their best at the weekend. They looked a bit, I guess you would say, uninspired in my opinion. But Nima, are you confident uh, they can get the victory over the Spanish side, or, or what, how do you think they fare in this one? I should ask. See, this is this is where it gets a little bit tricky. I, I the Atletico Madrid are good. I think they're a good team, um, and and they're also under a little bit of a rebuilding phase. So um, so, so it's 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 not just Juve, um, but at the end of the at the end of the day, I, I I don't see. I mean, if if Juventus were to come out on top and win this, it would be the massive boost that Sarri, uh, this new Juve under Sarri, would need because which which they up until this day have not had. Um, but I think that it's still a little bit too soon. I mean, uh, Sarri, if if they can grind out a result, that then sure. But I still think that. You know the way Simeone plays against teams that want to play the kind of football Sari plays. They, they, they those teams struggle uh, even when they, uh, you know, have those tactics down one hundred percent. This Sari Juve doesn't. So I'm, I think actually Atletico Madrid could could win this game. I think it entirely depends on whether he whether Sari decides to change up the midfield a little bit. Um, I mean the. The midfield with Kadira and Matuidi, and obviously, then they unfortunately lost Pjanic due to injury. Um, it, it's too, it's too slow. It's not, it's not, it's not equipped to play the 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 game that Sari wants to play. And I think maybe against Fiorentina, maybe that would have tipped him over the edge to dis- really decide that that wasn't the way forward. And, you know, I, I think in Europe, especially that they, they'll just get killed if they, if they play that lineup again. So um, it's, it's a very tough time to be playing a side like Atletico who are aggressive and don't give you any breathing space where you're a team in transit in transition and just getting used to a new coach after five years of the same coach. So um, I think it will be a really difficult test for them. But Sarri, in my opinion, needs to make some changes. One of the biggest talking points from this past match day was not one of the clashes between the big sides. It was Bologna's incredible, absolutely stunning comeback against Brescia. Nima, what did you make of this? Because that was stunning. And this Bologna side... They absolutely look completely motivated, and you almost have to hand it to Mihailovic, who is going through this terrible disease. For anyone who doesn't know, he was diagnosed with leukemia, unfortunately, just before the start of the season. And 
my goodness, the player said he gave a speech at halftime over the phone because he's undergoing his second round of chemotherapy. And he said that was really the the boost that they needed at halftime to hear. This was an absolutely stunning result. And anybody who didn't watch it, I, I suggest go back and watch this full match because it was an absolute treat. Oh, yeah. It was it was a fantastic game. And it, it I think this is, you know, Mihailovic, um, you know, the, it's very clear that they that they're all united uh, and they and it was for him um they already yes. have a good squad they already have a good team but but and we saw already um how you know the last you know when he took over the form they were in under him um it's clear that it's working for him there and i think that um and 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 and, and the way they came back because they were you know brescia played some damn good football in the first half they were leading 3-1 they were they were in control um but but I, you know, that that's the problem. That Brescia's the the problem isn't Brescia's attack; it's their defense. Uh, they scored for fun last year in the Serie B, but they conceded a lot, and and that's where it is. And uh, you know, Bologna could could you know once they managed to play play past their press, they it was basically you know it was a highway for them to attack, and, and to come back and and win four three. I mean, this could have this game could have ended five four just as well. I mean, there was so much goals in it, and it was a very entertaining game. So, no, I, I, I think Bologna is going to cause a lot of teams a lot of trouble uh, this, this, this year. And I think the, the Mihailovic being ill thing is not something that, I think that's something that's actually going to help them if, without, you know, it sounds a bit weird, but I think it, it helps them in the sense that it unites them. They're all fighting. Yeah, absolutely. For one. It doesn't yeah. sound weird at all. Yeah, yeah, I mean they they have they have like this extra purpose now. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 they're all united uh, for him, and and it's clear that they are all united behind him, and they are fighting for him. Yeah, and I think just beyond the you know obviously that dynamic. Let's be honest here. I mean this Bologna side is good. I, I mean you, I, I believe you said in our preview show um, about Orsolini how he would have a very fantastic season. I mean he is. He is really coming on strong. He is a great little player that they have there. I mean, it's just um, the the squad. Uh, not just that. I mean, it's, it's just all these young Italian players that are coming up. Uh, Fiorentina had one as well. Uh, that midfielder whose name eludes me now. Castrovilli. Uh, that's the one, Castrovilli. Yeah. Uh, he. I mean, what, what what kind of performance was that? Um, you know, it was it was fantastic. Um, no, it, it, this is the next generation of Italian young players, and they are after a long time of, of, of a decade long of, of not of players coming through that weren't good enough, Italy now have all of a sudden an abundance of interesting players in all, all areas of the pitch. Yeah, I can, I, I couldn't agree with you more and you absolutely called it about them. I mean, they could certainly be a surprise. Um, and again, they're, they're all backing Miha. They're, they're united for this cause and they're certainly, uh, they're certainly punching above their weight, at least uh, for now. Um, another surprising result, uh, Spau pulling one off in the dying seconds of the match against Lazio. Chloe, uh, we, we, you and I spoke about Lazio, how they tend to go underappreciated at times. But it's results like this that, gosh, once you, once you really start believing in them, they, they drop points like this. Yeah, it's really strange. They don't seem to be able to get any kind of consistency together they they kind of make you believe in them and then just collapse and it's very strange it seems to go in in these cycles all the time but I mean Spal are are a very tricky opponent to play against you have to give them that and um you know Leonardo Sempliti the manager is um you know I would love to see him at Fiorentina one day he's from Florence he he coached the Fiorentina youth team uh, in the past and and the way he we just accept spal in the league now you know but two years ago when they first were promoted um well he he'd got them up into Serie B in the first place and then took them to Serie A and they'd not been in the top flight for something like 50 years and um you know beating a team like Lazio is is just an incredible achievement and um he seems to have got um Andrea Patania who was at Atalanta firing again and the vibe that Semplici has got reminds me of Gasparini at Atalanta mm. how this kind of fighting spirit and they don't care who they play and um just go for it kind of thing and and I I really like that and against Lazio a team that have these mental 
lapses almost that you know that they're they're the kind of team that that are likely to pull off a result i suppose um against a team like lazio for me lazio i think lazio's problem is that there there is the the, the squad lacks um how do you say it? not not balance but the, the the distance between its highest its highest quality players and its lowest quality players is too high there's no um like like a, you know the poorest the, the distance between in quality in terms of the worst player on the team and the best player is too is too big you know you don't have this kind of balance uh, this kind of um uh, you know so so what happens with Lazio is that they can they can they can go into a, a game and they can beat the best teams uh, in the league or in, in one game but then the following week they lose against La- Spal when they've been one goal up and you know this this instability uh, is is down to i think the 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 that Lazio is not a team that's built, uh, in my opinion, in, in a balanced way. I, I thought that they were unfairly not getting enough due credit for potentially being in the conversation with Milan, Roma, for that last and final Champions League place. But gosh, again, they, they put out performances like that. They lose uh, to a team like Spal, who, while they are good, they're not the highest quality of teams in the city. I mean, those are points that cannot be dropping. Speaking about dropping points, Nima, Sampdoria. I told you. I told you. <laughs> I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you take a victory lap every time they drop points. Now, listen. No, as, as long as he's there, it's going to be like this. As long as that man is there, it is going to be like this. As long as you have the situation with the ownership that nobody knows is Ferrero, you know, he doesn't seem interested anymore. You know, is he going to sell? Is he not going to sell? The longer this drags on and the longer that man is there, it is going to look worse and worse and worse. And they are hemorrhaging goals. They don't look anything like a team. They look like 11 individuals. He he looks clueless and as miserable as he's any looked throughout his entire career. It's just not going to work. This is not going to work. And Sampdoria are in real danger of getting relegated. I said it before the season, and, and I'm really worried. I don't want Sampdoria to get relegated. But they need to do something. They are hemorrhaging goals. They can barely score. And they don't look like a team. They don't look like a cohesive unit. It's, it, it's really, really bad. Well, as you could tell right before I started talking about it, it's hard for me to muster up the words because I just cannot believe how bad they look. And listen, it's not even that... Okay, a two a, a two to zero loss against Napoli. I mean, that could happen to every single team in the league. It, it, it's not that. For me, beyond the result, their performance is terrible. As you just said, there is no area of the pitch where they even look remotely dangerous. Defense, they're all over the place. They had the worst defense in the city out. Up front, uh, Quagliarella looks like the poor guy won't even hit five goals this season. It, they look absolutely horrible. I thought they would have a drop off. Absolutely. To this extent, though, I don't. You said that they would be in trouble for relegation. I, I guess I'm curious to hear though. What was it? Just Di Francesco? That was it. That, no, that was. No. Is that what led you to that, or was it the mix of Di Francesco, this ownership, uh, Ferrero, seemingly uh, he, he's negotiating with the press or negotiating through the press, saying, "Oh well, if Yali doesn't want to pay this, then I go to somebody else and I don't sell." Do you think it's just a mix of all of it? Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you need to have... I mean, the reason why Sampdoria was doing well is because Ferrero is a very, you know, he's very... He's a bit crazy, but he's also a very energetic. A bit? <laughs> no, he, he he comes off as a bit eccentric. Fine, but above all, he's a, a bit. Energy... <laughs> Again, this guy wears <laughs> scarves on his head. He's nuts. Come on. Yeah, I know, but above all, he's he's the kind of guy that that energy is transformed into things happening. They lost players during the summer that like they always do but they always scout and find the right replacements and they always do it with a red like a red thread running through the organization there is no no none of that was that occurred this summer and then hiring a manager who is is hardly known for his um inspirational approach to in, in 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 creating insp- inspiring players you know, this was a disaster waiting to happen because the, the man looks miserable generally. The vibe he gives up is that of gloom and doom. And then you have already this insecurity with, you know, with with um, who's going to take over after Ferrero, if he's going to sell. He doesn't seem too keen to run this uh, this uh, this Sartoria project anymore. 
you know, it's it's like he doesn't think it's fun and therefore he doesn't want to and now he's cranky and I, 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 it was all of this, all of this together. And, and then they sold some really influential players and I didn't feel they, 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 they bought any good replacements. Um, and, and, and I think it's, it's looking really, really bad. It's looking disjointed. It's looking without energy. That's the thing. I mean, football is a very organic thing. Sampdoria look like, look like they're exhausted already. And, and that's not good three, two, three games in. Chloe, I mean, are you, Listen, it's three matches into the season. Okay, we don't want to overreact, but you and I talked about it on the previous show. Do you think this is actually one of those cases where you fear that it's gotten so bad that it could have this snowball effect? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> watching the final stages of that match, um, the thing that was really telling to me was they'd they'd put in this performance that, like you say, they, they didn't look good in any area. They didn't have any ideas. They didn't they didn't really show anything. And at 2-0 down with like one or two minutes to go, Di Francesco is arguing with the referee over a decision. And I think, you think, you know, what is the point of that? What That is absolute desperation where you're, where you're doing something like that when it's not going to make any difference whatsoever. It's like some some last-ditch attempt to shift the blame away from himself. And he, he looks, again, like a desperate man. And We're three games in and he looks desperate. That's exactly it. It's, I mean, think about it. They have Torino coming up. Then they have uh, Fiorentina away. Then they have Inter at home. And then they have Hellas away. And then it's the international break. And I will guarantee you that he's out by then. There is no way if they if they don't fire him after because I think they're going to lose all of the all of their games. I think even they could draw. Hellas have proven there are no walkovers. They they fight the Hellas the Hellas teams Milan saw yesterday. They fight till the last second of of the game, and and Sampdoria do anything but. I honestly got if this this continues, he's out by the next. Uh, uh, by the next uh, international breaking, you know what? I think it's the right decision. This man, he, he, it's not working, and they need to stop this because you know, one goal in three games, nine conceded. That's their stats. It's terrible. And listen, I said they're nowhere good in any facet of the pitch. Their defense is terrible. Nima, your your man, Morillo, looks like he belongs in the Serie B. That's too kind. He does. He, he should play in the Segunda <laughs> in Spain, where they really don't know how to defend. I mean, the thing with Moril. I mean, that that's exactly it. You you bought, you know, you get rid of uh, Christensen and you replace him with uh, with Murillo. Like seriously, what? Like it it's, it just makes no sense. Uh, Murillo Murillo needed you know looked good when he had Miranda next to him because Miranda did did all the thinking and told him what to do pretty much. Um, the guy is technically gifted, but he's not, uh, he's not good. He's not solid. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm really worried about Sampdoria. I'm, I keep saying it, but I, cause I don't, I think the, the Genoa derby is one of the most beautiful derbies. In fact, I think as I said it on the show last season, I think it's probably the most, one of one of the most heated in city derbies in Europe that doesn't get recognized. And, and, we, and the Serie A needs it. So speaking of another dreadful side to watch, Utenese Nima. They were down to 10 men. Uh, DePaul decided to do something that probably most people feel like doing uh, and giving Antonio Candreva a smack to the back of the head. He was promptly sent off. Um, however, it took the shortest man on the pitch, who I think was as tall as I was when I was 11, to score a headed goal and, and give Antonio Conte's men the victory. How did you feel about that one? Because, boy, was that ugly to watch, I have to tell you. Uh, as far as aesthetics go, very ugly. It was a Conte match. Conte, you know, for me, that's the, that's the kind of, that's, that's that win and that result is exactly why Antonio Conte was hired to win. Inter, uh, Inter don't, you know, Inter under him are, because are, I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried for one second. And that's the first time I watched an Inter game where I wasn't, I wasn't where I knew they were going to win. I just there was absolutely no doubt in my mind that sooner or later that goal is going to come, and and that you know I, I said it on uh, on 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 the Semper Inter Pasidi Inter as well that Inter are turning into Juve, and I don't mean in the in the bribing referee kind of way, but oh, I mean God. in the kind of way. Where <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> no, but I mean in the sense that they're becoming like Conte said when he first took over, that he wants to, he wants Inter not to be Pazza anymore. He wants them to just go in there calmly, coolly, get the job done and go home. And that's exactly what they did. Um, this this was the you know this is the polar opposite of Spalletti. Um, with Spalletti, the team was always panicked and frantic. With Antonio Conte, they're as cool as you like. They know everyone knows what they're supposed to do, and they systematically work themselves in. Even though it, it didn't look good at all, especially in the first half. At least in the second half, it looked a little bit better. Uh, but but they still seem to be in complete control. Um, and uh, no, I, I Stefano Sensi is. You know, congratulations, Italy. Uh, as Gazetta said, you know he's already a world beater. Uh, I wouldn't go quite as far, but I'd I'd say that he's, he, as they did when they said that. But I, as the Gazetta said, but uh, I think if he continues like this, the, the the he is an Italian Iniesta. That that's the best way to describe him. His his movement, his intelligence, his technique, his vision, his craft. No, this guy is wow. What a player. Yeah, I think so too. And Chloe, you and I, we we discussed Udinese a little bit in the previous episodes. But listen, everybody expected Inter to win this one. But Udinese looked absolutely just so spineless, particularly in attack. Yeah, they, they I, I think that, as we said, that first result versus Milan was a, a freak. And I think they're really going to struggle this year. Um you know they've they've flirted with relegation over the last few years, and like we said, the the Pozzo family are really more interested in Watford, and they're just they're they're just a, a whole bunch of nothing, unfortunately for you know for their fans. Um, but I think, you know, coming up against against Inter, like Nima said, under Conte now he's so um, focused on the result. Doesn't necessarily have to be a good performance, but he wants to win. Um, and you know, Sp- whereas Spalletti was uh, provided a lot more entertainment, especially for us neutrals. <laughs> but <laughs> but he he is so uh, up and down, and you know, he is so variable that that portrayed itself um, in the team. The the team it manifested itself in the team. The team played like that, and so you know, they they could be two 0 one minute and look like world beaters and the next minute it will be back to 2-2 and you know everything comes crashing down so Conte has brought in that stability um, but it's not like Nima said it's not always going to be pretty to watch one thing that I got to say without analogy I mean uh, for everyone before you get angry and start sending me death threats on Twitter it was a joke uh, but not really. <laughs> no, but uh, no. The analogy, <laughs> the analogy is basically. I feel that Juve are becoming a little bit like Inter. Sarri is 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 definitely not a good fit for them. You can tell that. And already you have Juve people saying that they don't, you know, they don't like the way he Sarri carries himself, the way he talks. He's already, you know, cranky. He's already moaning a little bit and complaining. That's not what Juve do. You know, and he, he doesn't fit their mold. And then you have on the other side, you have Antonio Conte that, that just, that, that actually pointed to this uh, when they was asked about Sarri. Because Sarri had moaned about playing uh, playing midweek or something. And he was, uh, or it was something like that. I didn't listen to carefully. Uh, he, and, and Conte's response was, some people need to calm down. <laughs> uh, and it's, you can already see, it's, it's weird. This is weird. Inter is turning into Juve and Juve is turning into Inter. I don't know. The, I don't know. The horsemen of the apocalypse are might be riding him now anytime soon. Because it's, it's, this is weird. This is really weird. All right. Well, I'm not even going to touch that because <laughs> I'll let all the I'll I'll let you take all the abuse. So yeah, we'll at Rdoubleod, give it, bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, um, Roma for Sassuolo too. Anybody else but me want to discuss this one because I I, I just don't even know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll take I'll take it. <laughs> go go ahead, Chloe. Well, you know. After after those um, after those two draws at the beginning, um, Fonseca has said from the start that he wants to play attacking football, and that's what that's what you got in the first thirty minutes. You know that that real blitz and um, 
you know, getting getting the attack really, really firing. I think putting Mikitarian into the team has obviously given them a boost. Um <laughs> Can I, am I am I allowed a gladiator pun? Yeah. Are you not entertained? Yeah. <laughs> um, again, it's very good as a neutral. Not so good if you uh, support Roma. I was afraid. I was afraid to write you, John. Like this is the first time since we started this podcast that I actually was afraid to write you. I thought you might bite my head off if I if I texted you anything or joked or made any kind of reference to Roma. I was expecting you to send me like expletives or something back. <laughs> I just tweeted you okay question mark. <laughs> I was afraid to write yeah, you back. Um... <laughs> Now, listen, this is why I don't really like statistics because I was complaining about Roma's defense and somebody sent me the final uh, expected goals of the match and it was, I think Sassuolo's was like 0. 0.87. <laughs> and I, I'm like, no, no. See, this is why you actually watch the football instead of uh, instead of going on yeah. to, to Google and typing in XG and saying, oh, look, they didn't have many opportunities. <laughs> Sassuolo had plenty of opportunities. Absolutely plenty. I'm not even going to bring up Berardi, who, as I said on the preview show, guy gets linked to Roma. Sassuolo don't beat Roma, but he always purges Roma for at least a goal or two every single time they play. So <laughs> I actually laughed out loud when it was him. I just thought John said this was going to happen with Berardi. The, the free kick was, <laughs> listen, he's a head case. Um, we can make the, the argument that he should have been at a big club a number of years ago. We can make fun of how he never plays against Juve, oddly enough. Um, but in all seriousness, he was so good. <laughs> he was, he is, he is really good. He's really good. Yeah, he is. Re- I was just gonna say this is his breakout. He's the re- he's the real deal. And yeah, after- but he always seems to start off well and then he fades. He's so so you're so you're advising people not to place those Capo Cagnetti bets then for him, yeah? No. I don't know. I don't know. Oh my God! Wow. Okay. <laughs> no, I think he. I'm, I'm actually. I think he'll win it. I honestly do. I, I think he will. No, no. I think. I think. I think this is his. Because uh, he. This isn't like the guy when he was a kid and came through and scored four goals, four goals in two games, and everyone was like, "Oh, the new, you know, the next whatever." But no, he he looks mature now. Uh, you know, he's been an enigma his entire career, and it might just be that he stays at Sassuolo for his entire career, and that's fair enough. I mean, that's beautiful. Think of, you know, it's another Antonio Di Natale, if you will. That's great. But but he, you know, if he can develop, you know, I. I love De Zerbi. I mean, everyone who's listened to the show know I, I really rate De Zerbi as a coach, and I think he's doing an excellent job there at Sassuolo. So, I, uh, I, it, it's really interesting to see. I, I don't, I don't. See, for me, this isn't just a spike in form. This is, this this guy. It seems like he's enjoying his football and he's liking the t- the the formation that he's getting played in, and he's taking the responsibility. And and I think this is the real deal now. If, if it doesn't happen now, it'll never happen. Okay, but hold on. He is one of those players that everybody seems to um, seems to classify as still being young. But I googled it before the match just because I thought, okay, I I, I think 25. I have an idea as to what. It, yeah, he's twenty five now. Yeah, so, I was gonna say he's twenty five. Yeah. Yeah, we we can't be classifying him as this immature youngster who's still learning. No, 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 no. You're absolutely right. This is now. This is this is uh, where he needs to. He's one of the more, you know, he's one of the more experienced players in that squad, and he needs to take responsibility. And it's clearly so far he's doing that. No, I think this is his true breakthrough. I don't, you know, I don't think he will ever go to a big club in Italy. I don't think he can handle that. I think if he were to go anywhere, I think you know, a Liverpool or someone. Do you know what I mean? Like somewhere like that is somewhere where I think he could he could probably get uh, you know get the most out of his uh, his his uh, his game. He's he's a very special. I think he'd end up like uh, Immobile at Sevilla if uh, if he went abroad. I just don't see it. I just I don't see he's got like the mentality or the the uh, tenacity to make it work somewhere. I think that's why he stayed at Sassuolo. Yeah, I mean, every time I start to believe in him, he goes, he you know, he gets on the pitch and then he he smacks somebody in the face and gets yeah. sent off. I mean, we can't. <laughs> His discipline is atrocious, so I, you know, I'll start buying in once I see this for four or five months yeah. in a row, and he's not getting sent off uh, against Udinese. Or I think, you see, that's so what, I, I think that this is the season where you'll, where you will, you will be seeing that, John. I honestly do. 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. As for Roma, Mkhitaryan was great. Very happy to see it. Pellegrini looked very good. He had three assists. I think Fonseca is going to have a big decision to make once Zaniolo and Cengiz Under are all available. I think you have to play Pellegrini through the middle, and that might mean Zaniolo sitting. I don't know. We'll have to see. He has some decisions to make. The final one that we are going to discuss, Verona-Milan. So we were primarily going to discuss the match, and then Nima, the Hellas Verona Twitter account. So not only is the stadium garbage, it turns out that the official Hellas Verona Twitter account is also garbage. So why don't you enlighten people as to what happened? I hope it was, it's a case of the famous words that Donnarumma tweeted out during the whole his uh, contract renewal mess. Hakeraju sul mio account, kudo social, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be uh, that would be a very good. I thought word. you were going to say the uh, Raiola Donnarumma forever. No, no, the, no, no. I, the, that, that was that was gorgeous in and of itself, but 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 hackeraggio has got to be the best word that has ever been said in the Italian language. Language, I, I think, taking hacker and adding agio to it is guy's a genius. No, basically, the Hellas Verona account took it upon themselves after they were criticized. Uh, there was, you know, there was there were monkey chants against Kessia. There were Neapolitan uh, um, anti-Neapolitan chants against. Uh, Gigio Donnarumma um, and this was clear for everyone to hear but then the Hellas Verona and they were starting to get criticized for it on TV etc and the Hellas Verona is, uh, Twitter account which is a you have to remember this is a verified account this isn't a fan account this is the official clubs uh, you know this this comes from they're speaking for the official club they 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 took an interesting stand they uh, they tweeted out the boo against Kessie, which is Italian for monkey chance. The insults against Donnarumma, question mark again. Maybe some people were dazed by the decibel strength of the support from the yellow and blue fans. What we heard? Inevitable jeers for refereeing decisions that still today leave us very perplexed. And then a lot of applause for our, in quotation marks, gladiators at the end of the game. Let's not revert to stereotypes and labels that we've long since shrugged off. Respect for Verona and the Veronese people. Hashtag respect. The stereotypes they're referring to is that their ultras are Nazis. During an event in July 2017, they started singing. They, the leader of their kurva started making Nazi salutes and making Nazi, singing out Nazi slogans. And you could say that was one person. The problem was that the entire kurva made, the, the entire people there made Nazi salutes and sang Nazi slogans as well. So this whole I'm feeling violated shtick that they've been doing is, doesn't really ring that true, and it feels kind of sad and pathetic. And I feel after yesterday when we saw how, you know, once again, this is again being published all over the world. We had an Italian pundit on a, on a um, qui show, voi, a qui calcio. It's, it's, a, it's a show in, in, in North Italy, which is, which is shown nationally where one of the guys said something really bad about Lukaku, saying that the only way to stop him is to give him 10 bananas to eat, and was fired on the spot on air uh, by Ravezzani, the, the, the director of that TV channel. That felt good because it showed that there is a good way to handle stupid and you know, racist remarks. You, know, you, you, you immediately show this is unacceptable and you take a step back and you get rid of that person. But no, Hellas Verona decided to act all violated uh, and uh, released a statement via the club, which is just, I mean, again, did someone hack their account? Like, w- what the hell is going on here? Oh, every time these incidents happen, we always say, you know, the leaders of Italian football, they have to step up. They have to condemn this. We have to root it out. We have to do everything we can. And this is another instance Two steps forward, one step back, it feels like. Because, I mean, how how do you tweet that? And then, are, are, Nima, I, I don't know if you mentioned, did, they did a follow-up to that. They, they released an official <laughs> they released an official note on their website, which was... Get out, I missed that. <laughs> it, it was basically a sorry, I'm not sorry. Um, it essentially said, we are sorry if anybody misunderstood oh the tweet God, from the yeah. official... <laughs> from the official Hellas Verona Twitter account earlier today, and we wish to clarify, blah, 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 blah. The 
My, my favorite apologies are the non-apologies, the sorry if you were offended kind. I mean, come on. That's guys. like Mel Gibson when he apologized for his anti-Semitic remarks, isn't it? If you guys remember it's that. terrible. It's terrible. I just want us to go through one week where we don't have to talk about the absolute stupidity of various people inside Italian football. <laughs> That's all I ask. Is that yes, really a lie? Yes, it would be nice. Just once, can we just... I mean, it, it, it's literally like... It's just raining stupidity right now in scandals. And, 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 it's, and these are all the kind of unforced errors that anyone... That, that most professional people could avoid if there was, you know, a communication strategy, or if there were if there was some clarity in 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 in, in what they do uh, in, in terms of their communication, and because that that's the issue here. It's these ridiculous unforced errors where they make everything so much worse, and it's just embarrassing. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. So getting back to the match. Chloe, what did you think of this one? Because again, Milan, just, I don't know what it is. Um, maybe Gianpaolo wasn't the right fit. They just, this, they don't look good. Let's just, I'll keep it as simple as that. They don't look good under him. Yeah, I think it would benefit both teams if they just sent him back to Sampdoria, mm. to be honest. I mean, <laughs> because Sampdoria is struggling without him. Milan is struggling with him. Uh, they didn't have a shot on target hardly for the whole game um you know as we said the the other day he, he doesn't look comfortable he looks tired it looks like the pressure's getting to him and you know to cap it all he's got the Milan derby to contend with this weekend coming so yeah it's it's not it's not a great situation for them um I, I don't I don't know what to suggest as a as a solution whether they've you know, whether somebody else could make that group of players work better. I mean, to be honest, even Gattuso had them working better than Gianpaolo has. So it's really difficult to put your finger on exactly what the problem is at Milan. Yeah, and, and Nemo, I don't know what you make of this, but again, Gianpaolo... I'm sorry, I'm giggling in the background. I, I just read the hello. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that's the only, that's the proper reaction, right? You guys have you guys have children that if they behaved like this, you would both like ground them for life. Right. You know, if, if they misbehaved in the park. I'm not sorry. I'm sorry, Dad, that you're a bad dad. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> that's basically the tone of this. <laughs> Jesus. It's Christ. terrible. Yes. It's terrible. Oh my God. Yeah. Cringe. Cringe. Yeah. Real quick. So Gianpaolo again. He it feels like he's doing this experimenting like in season when this all. I I feel like this should all be done. Before the season begins, I, I think that's why they call it preseason. Um, <laughs> again, he's doing this experimentation in the attack. Uh, you had Piontek last week not start. This time he does start. Um, you have Suzo playing alongside him. It's, it's like I said, like, like when we were there. I mean, to me, it looks just more and more and more like he's completely clueless. He's panicked and, and he's looked panicked from day one. And, and, it, and it, that doesn't bode well. Um, I don't understand why, but he feels like exactly like Chloe said, but, and I felt it for quite some time that he feels under such immense pressure. Uh, and, and it's a big club. Milan is a big club. It is a lot of pressure involved. But, but, but for him to look this under pressure, mm, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all, and it doesn't bode well for Milan. And, and that midfield, I mean, again, why did not why why not play Benacer again? Okay, Bilia's been injured. Why not let him play? You know, and get some more minutes. I mean, Milan aren't in the aren't in European football, so they only play once a week. This is the time. You know, now is not the time where you need to rotate. Play your best eleven. Benacer looked great the week before uh, where, where against uh, Brescia. Uh, you know, he and 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 I mean, I don't understand why he makes life so difficult for himself. I thought Piontek looked good. Suso has become an issue again. Uh, he looks like the Suso that left Liverpool and not the Suso that's been at Milan. Um, Paqueta doesn't, looks to be struggling. Uh, I, I, their defence looks all right. I thought Rebic looked good when he came on. I think actually if he sticks to his 4-3-1-2, or, you know, Rebic can play on the wing as well as a second right. punto. So, right. so I, I think from now on you need to see Rebic play. Uh, and I think you need to see Suso play. If you're going to play the 4-3-3, play with those two players on the wings and Piontek in the middle. Or if you're going to play a 4-3-1-2, then you can't play Suzo. 
because he he cannot play in the trequartista role. He looks completely lost. Uh, he naturally draws out to to a wing. That's where he can do do harm. So no, I I. I but like Chloe said, I mean, we all said it this, you know, last uh, last season before, you know, on this show that we wanted Gianpaolo to stay at Sampdoria because we thought that's where he and the club, you know, everything was everything looked good for everyone there. Um, everyone was happy. And, and I didn't understand the appointment of Gianpaolo uh, at all. Um, and, and I fear that, you know, the, with the derby coming up, I mean, this the, that Milan I saw yesterday against Hellas play against a Conte team. You know, as an Interista, I'm happy, but that's not good for Milan at all. Yeah, so I wanted to... So obviously, we'll discuss this um, just before we end here. We'll discuss, obviously, the the Derby later in the week on our preview episode. But just real quick here, I, I mean, what is your initial sense of that? Because... Gosh, if you want to talk about just form, obviously Milan won. Um, so I maybe we're making a bit much of it, but just aesthetically... Um, Again, Inter winning ugly, but you can at least tell they have a system. They have Conte's ideas in place, which Gianpaolo, it, it just feels like, again, he, he's just experimenting on the fly, seeing what works. I, I, I mean, if I were a Milan supporter, I, I would not feel even remotely confident coming into this one. Mm. Mm, agreed. Agreed. It, it, it doesn't look good for Milan at all. But the, you know, and a lot of people say, well, the derby is different, and it's true. It's it's completely. It's, it's though the derby games have a have a have a whole you know life of their own. You know, and we all know that. But 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 for me, the the problem is that Milan look again not as bad as his former team Sampdoria because they're just eleven individuals. But they do look a little bit fragmented, Milan, and they don't look like they they know exactly what they're doing and who's doing what. And 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 Gianpaolo looks very frustrated that he can't get them to do what he wants them to do. And that makes me think then why why not keep Gattuso? I mean, Gattuso, you know, with Gattuso, there was clarity. It was absolute. And, and I thought, and, and, and we said it, all of us said on the show, he was learning and improving on the job. He really, really was. Um, so I, I don't get it. I, I really don't get that decision. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I think that Gattuso should have stayed. But who knows? I mean, as I said, if, if, if you know, we're going to talk about this in the previous show, but if Milan get completely hammered in the derby, then, then there is a chance that he his days could be numbered. And Chloe, the the other big match this weekend is Fiorentina against Atalanta. Atalanta coming off a, another last gasp winner against Genoa at the death, thanks to Duvan Zapata. Again, I hate to say that because Atalanta is such a strong side. You hate to say that this is a must win, but is it time now for Montella to get that victory? Oh, it really is. But I mean, yet again, after, you know, some really tough game, Juve and Napoli in the opening three matches, you know, we're up against an Atalanta team. Okay, they've got Champions League, you know, they might, they might have a bit of a hangover from that because they've never played in the Champions League before. But they're a really tough team to play. And, you know, why can't, why couldn't we have played Udinese or you know? Sampdoria? Sampdoria, Sampdoria is who you want to play, but you do play them. You do play them uh, in the midweek fixture, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's going to get better, and at least in a way, you get those t- tough games out of the way, and everybody else has still got to play them. But um, Montella really needs this win, so um, yeah, uh, because. After a while, even if the team are showing promise and they're playing nice football and everybody's enjoying it, if they're not winning, he's eventually going to get fired. So we, we really need those points on the board and just got everything crossed that we can we can do that versus Atalanta. What's the name of that guy who's got that restaurant in Florence? He's available. Oh, Spalletti is his name. Nina. <laughs> I mean, seriously, this that... That that is naturally going to be the biggest uh, connection for the managers. And that's that a good thing for you. I, yeah, from with you. He well, was he was at he was at the game. He was at the game. Ah, you see, you see, yeah. you see, you see. Versus Juve, he was in the crowd. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that's more to do with the fact that he's not got a job and he yeah, supports he lived Fiorentina. There. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does. And and I think, you know, at the end of the day, I know Spalletti is a special character, but he is a good coach and he has done good results. I mean, he got into, into the Champions League for the first time in almost a decade, two years in a row. 
sure, it was a lot of drama, and I aged fifty-five years <laughs> during those two years. But, but it wasn't it wasn't just his fault. Uh, and he's a good coach. I mean, he he's finished second with Roma. I don't know how many times in the Serie A. He's you know the, the guy is, you know, so so it, it's it's a decent coach. It's just that he's 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 bonkers. <laughs> I, I get that. I get that. But for for me personally, you know, from I keep banging on about this, but from his first spell at Fiorentina, you know, Montella is uh, somebody. Somebody actually said to me um, that they think he should be nicknamed Mister Suave. Oh. <laughs> and you know, Montella is a really, really likable guy, and yeah, he is. And, yeah, he is. and I so want him to do well because when he gets it right, like he did in the first spell, the football is just. So so good to watch, and, and really that's what, personally that's what I want to see from my team. And mm. you know, I would rather, even though Spalletti, you know, all joking aside, I know that he could do a job, um, but I don't, I don't want to see that inconsistency. I don't want to see all that craziness and all the baggage <laughs> that comes with it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can see that. As I mean, I think John and I can relate. <laughs> to put it that way. I can't wait for the November episode when this eventually happens because <laughs> you've already said it, I believe, two or three times now. Now you've made it inevitable, Chloe. So uh, I can't I wait for the November episode um, <laughs> once I appoint him. People will log on, and you'll find that I've gone on holiday. <laughs> well, just don't don't do it this week. Gone yeah, fishing. don't do it this week because, as I said, everybody, we will be back later in the week, um, assuming Fiorentina don't sack Montella and uh, Luciano Spalletti. <laughs> oh, we're doing an, we're doing a reaction episode with Chloe. <laughs> we, that, that's without question because, again, you can only mutter it for so long, and then without it. You know, you can only you can only delay the inevitable for so long because this, it's happening. Just embrace it, Chloe. It's happening. <laughs> so we will be back, as I said, later in the week. We will be previewing the host of matches. There's a derby. As I said, there's Fiorentina, Atalanta. So it's another exciting week with some good matches uh, for the fourth match day. So as I said, a few more days. We will talk to everybody then. And until next time, bye-bye. 